What's up, everyone? My name is Christian Baldanzoni Tacchio. And this is Juliano Clary. This is the Fuzzy Football Radio. Thanks for joining us today on Monday, November the 2nd. A very special happy birthday goes out to our friend Andrew Butera, the big skief himself. Uh, happy birthday. <laughs> so with that being said, <laughs> go, go, go. With that being said, a lot to talk about, a lot of controversy this past weekend, a lot of discussion about refereeing, a lot of discussions about penalties coming up in these uh, when we're going over the uh, City A games. Just a huge disappointment here, but uh, we're going to break down each game by game, um, knowing that Verona and Benevento still got to play at uh, 2.45 today. Um, and then we'll also be uh, previewing the Champions League, the Europa League, and then there's a, a whole bunch of things that we want to talk about today. Because uh, Julian and I are pretty angry today about uh, what transpired this past weekend. So we're just going to jump right in. We're not going to waste any time. Let's go into Atalanta Crotone. Um Atalanta, 2-1 to one winners in this game against a Crotone side that, uh, in my opinion, kept the game close, which uh, was a surprise. Thought Atalanta was going to walk away with it. Um, Luis Muriel scoring both goals, 26th and 38th minute, and then uh, Noenquo getting a one back for Crotone. That's not, that's not a bad result for Crotone. I, th- I think everyone had them written off. So uh, what do you think of this game, Giuliano? Yeah, this was a must game win for Atalanta. They lost their two previous games in the City A. They yeah. needed to rebound because exactly. it hasn't been looking good for them champions again in City A. Uh, Crotone is a team still clearly struggling to do, uh, on how to defend. Still yeah. making a lot of individual errors. But great win for Atalanta. Great win for Atalanta. Great win for Atalanta. Some great, some Luis Muriel, sta- outstanding game. Malinovsky. Malinovsky, Froiler. Yeah, Froiler was excellent in this game. Yeah, they just... They lost some big players, though, so this is going to affect their game against Liverpool on the weekend. They lost Hattabur, uh, Romero, and I believe Toloyer. It was either Toloyer or Polomino to injury, so yeah. they're going to be very short now for this uh, Liverpool game fixture. Yeah, it's good. And it's it's a tough week for Atalanta, midweek against Liverpool, and then on the weekend they're going to be playing Inter, so it's uh, this was a must-win game for them. And they did it. It was... Uh, yeah. It wasn't not pretty. A typical, yeah, not a typical. Yeah, it wasn't game. pretty, but they did it. They they just went to work, and uh, you know, good for them. Yeah, this is where. So we're going to talk about refs today. This is where it all begins. The Inter Parma. The the poor refereeing. No, it begins here with Crotone. Okay. Well, sorry, it began even earlier. It began in the Roma game, yeah. Roma Milan. Rosoli came out and said uh, both penalties were false. Should have not been given in the game. In this game as well, we had a bit of controversy for Crotone, which would have been a tying goal potentially if it was allowed. There was a point in the play where Junior Masayas, he rounded Sportiello. Sportiello clearly sticks his arm out, trying to prevent Junior Masayas from hitting the ball into the net. There was a defender coming in from behind who ends up blocking the uh, ball or getting to the ball before Junior Masayas can get a shot off. But no penalties given. You clearly see Sportiello obstructing Junior Masayas, but the only reason why it's not given is because he doesn't fall to the ground. He doesn't flop to the ground. And this leaves a big debate about penalties in the sport in general. It yeah. really disappoints me that a player, the only way that we justify penalties is that a player has to fall to the ground yeah. in order for it to be given, which I don't think is right at all. No. I think uh, it just promotes 
cheating and diving in the game. It doesn't keep the players honest. And it's really frustrating. You're going to see, for me, this is a theme that happened throughout the whole week. The whole week and a lot of the games and the majority of the games. This is just one instance. And you're going to see the pattern of penalties only being, being given for the for the divers. Let's just yeah, put it that way. Keep it simple. And this is one game where Crotone potentially got robbed of, of a point here, at least. Because uh, for me, that's a penalty. I know he didn't fall over, but Sportiello is clearly sick on his arm, trying to obstruct him. If you don't want to give it as well, if you're, signing with, if you're on the side of not giving the penalty, that's fine as well. But then you can't give penalties for players just for falling over. So anyway, we'll analyze all the penalties, yeah. delve into a little bit more. This game... Uh, good win for Atalanta. Still conceding weak goals. Yeah, but this is the same story with this Atalanta team. The, the defense is the weak point. They're going to leak goals. It's just a matter of outscoring them. That's that's the point of the game anyway, but Atalanta is never going to win a one nothing game this season. They're not because their defense cannot keep a clean sheet. They're going to have to win these games. They're going to have to score multiple goals. If Atalanta can't score more than one goal in a game, that's where there's the potential to draw or lose the game. I just don't see them winning a, a one nothing game. Their their defense cannot sh- do, a, do a perfect shutdown and just grind out a win. They just can't. So, you know, it, it's it's the weak point. And uh, hopefully... Uh, Hopefully Gasparini is looking to what to see some something he can pick up, somebody he can pick up in the January yeah. transfer window. We'll see, but that's the weak point to this Atalanta squad. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah, uh, we'll go off to the next game. Enter Parma at the Giuseppe Meazza. Yeah. This, since Parma has been refounded, they have not lost a game at the Giuseppe Meazza to enter. They have not lost a game yet, which is insane. That's an insane stat for this Parma team. And it continued uh, with this 2-2 result. Underwhelming inter uh, performance again. Christian, you can... I think this is more of a... This is more of a inter... This is more of an inter just... It, it was unlucky. It was unlucky. The story, the story of this game is, you know, Inter dropped the two points, not Parma gaining a point. Parma didn't earn this 1-1 draw or this 2-2 draw, this one point, in my opinion. Credit to Gervinho. He got two chances, and he, he capitalized on them. So he played an outstanding game. Um, Luigi Seppe played great in, in goal. Big save on Ranocchia. Big save on Ranocchia. I mean, if you look at the stats here, you know, Inter Milan... This has been the theme for Inter. Yeah. Every team, too, yeah. on top of it. Inter, over 20 shots on goal, nine on target. And look at to, to Parma. Parma only got five shots off on goal in total. And only three of them were on target. So And they scored two. Yeah. Handanovic again, another poor game. Another poor game by Handanovic. But this Inter team, they they, they, they found that they created, they created opportunities. It was just a matter of finishing. See, and this is my problem with a lot of... Uh, you know, so I'll say as an Inter fan, I'm going to talk as an Inter fan right now. Go ahead. When I was watching this game, I was frustrated with Conte halfway through the game after those two goals were conceded. At the beginning of the game, I was I was actually very happy with this lineup. I was happy to see Eriksen in it. I was uh, happy to see Renocchio brought in. Martinez up front, of course. The lineup didn't bother me at all. Maybe no. the, my biggest question mark, why is Perisic playing ahead of Pinamonti when Perisic has been great all season? And to me, the defining moment of this game was in the f- very first moments when Perisic missed that sitter of a goal. He smashes it over the bar. And then we're down. Uh, sorry, then we're 0-0 going into halftime. And then 
I don't know how that happens. Lack of concentration, beginning of the half. There's no excuse. You should be coming out flat footed like that. Divrai half asleep. Ball hit from over top from Hernani. Beautiful pass. Jovino one time finish. And that's the difference. Jovino finishes his chance. Perisic misses his chance. Yeah. And enters chasing from that moment on. And it really screwed up their entire game plan. You know, and it's just frustrating. The team, the, it, Conte can't be blamed because the tactics were right. And the tactics are shown to be right because they're out shooting, they're out possession, they're out pressing. They're doing everything better than Parma. It's just coming down to individual moments in this team, whether it be the strikers, Handanovic maybe having to make a save on the second goal, Divrai falling asleep. You can't put the blame on players like Ericsson. He actually had a solid game. He was one of the most creative players yeah. in the... Uh, I believe in the 50-something minutes he played. Again, subbed off in the 50-something minute. And then Brozovic is brought in. He scores. He never scores goals, but he ended up scoring. It makes Erickson look bad again. Yeah. But I, you can't fault Erickson, Gallardini. They did a job. They did a job. They did what they were supposed to do. Call it off, too. You can't blame him in this game. I know. No, he, he actually played well. Yeah, he got on the ball almost double compared to any other Inter player. He was the most creative player. Yeah. In this inter game, I think he had 107, 105 touches on the ball. Yeah. More than anyone. A ridiculous amount. Got an assist. He played amazing. It's just our strikers are letting us down. Yeah, Latauro's, he's got a. He's been terrible, Latauro. Latauro's got a. He's really got to find his form. He's really got really to figure it out. Yeah, Perisic may have scored a goal, but it doesn't matter. You, he missed when it mattered the most. Yep. He missed. And then Vidal comes on, misses a header three yards out. They just can't score. No, it's a problem. That's what it's coming it's to. The, the and, that, and it doesn't help with the defense. If you can't score, you just keep piling on pressure on your defense. It's true. It's, it's true. Frustrating. It's frustrating because the inter team, we know they're playing some of the best, most attractive football in City I right now. They're just not getting it done up up front. Yeah. They're just not getting it done up front. No, they're not. And uh, that's that's the biggest weak point on this inter team is that. It's just they just can't find the back of the net. They're making the opportunities are coming. The opportunities are coming. The one thing I will say about this inter team, which is really nice to see, is I think there's a common factor in the defense now. We've seen it we've seen it happen in two games. The first couple of games with Inter we saw the D'Ambrosio, Devryer, Screenyar, and De- and Kolarov pairing at the back. And it was always a problem. It was it was a, it was a problem. They looked lost. I really got to give Antonio Conte credit because I think you found some stability with Andrea Ranocchia. I think Andrea Ranocchia really shores up your center back. He made D'Ambrosio. He helped D'Ambrosio have an outstanding game against Genoa. And in this game, I think Kolarov owes a lot to Andrea Ranocchia because Andrea Ranocchia was always that guy back there. Not only in the back, he adds something going forward. He did too, on set off the corners, off the set yeah. pieces. Unfortunate, Almost you know that scored. one goal. Yeah, he was on the ground. He was offside. But I really think you guys have a hidden gem in Andrea Ranocchi here, and I really want to see him play more. This guy deserves to be in this squad. Maybe this is why. Maybe this is why Inter got rid of Diego Godin because they knew they had Andrea Ranocchi. I think he came in a little too late for Inter because he was he was basically nobody in the first four four five games, right? Four games, we'll say, because this is match day six. But now you can really see what this guy brings to the table. Was it a, It was a solid performance. It wasn't an outstanding performance compared to Genoa, but... Still good. Like I said, if your strikers don't score, you keep missing chances, chances, chances. You're pressure on your defense. Exactly. So... On a side note in this game, too, before the game, 
Piccinini, the ref, he wasn't supposed to be the ref. Yeah. Uh, he was the backup because the who ended up being the fourth official in this game, he ended up pulling his calf. Yeah. So Piccinini was brought in. The VAR and Piccinini, I'm going to say the linesman too, how they miss the penalty that should have been given for the Pedisic tackle. Yeah. By, I believe it was Jacoponi maybe. It was one of the defenders anyway. Pretty much did a... Yeah, wrapped him. I don't know, just wrapped him and dropped him to the ground yeah. on a cross. How that's not given? VAR, Serie someone please explain to me. Where are they looking? Yeah, this see, this is the problem. The problem is there's no consistency with VAR. That's the problem. If there was a consistency and there was a formula, yes, you're never always going to get it right. But if you follow the formula, then you're going to understand why or why it wasn't, for the most part, given, right? There's no formula here. Like, you have technology you have you have var and the var official is looking at these plays how can you not see that and and rizzoli comes out again and says a mistake was made yeah so when are the refs going to be held accountable yeah because we see at the end of the season one point is the difference for a title yeah uh, this is a big, you know, big points dropped yeah it's not and i don't care if piccinini was the second third fourth rep does the man not have a city license? I, think, the ref in the I league? think that's the problem. If he doesn't have it, then get him out Honestly, of here. Honestly, Jules, I think that's the problem. It's it's very hierarchical, and that's how they see the VAR official. Is that the, they're the fourth ref in this game, and uh, the the one at the end of the, the 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 main ref is the one that is the be all and end all of making the calls. So if you're gonna make if you're gonna do that, so there's a lot of pressure on the VAR official. The VAR official is not going to go against the main official, right? The VAR official feels pressure to basically follow what his main official is saying. Unless the main official says, look at it, what do you see? The VAR official feels like a nobody. That That's my opinion of it. I don't know if I'm explaining that properly. but And if I'm if you understand me, great. If you don't understand me, I'm, I'll try and explain it a little bit more. But what I think should happen with VAR, especially with the penalties that are being given in City A, it's, it's a joke. The amount that have been given, it's been and it's been good up until now. It, this, this ever since the Roma Milan game happened, it fell apart. It and fell apart. and in that Juve game, just to show we're not showing bias, yeah. in that Juve Crotone game, I believe it was, the officiating was poor in that game too. Yeah. Juve. Well, there, there's a, there's a couple games, even Torino Lazio, Torino Lazio, another one. Well, we're gonna get we're, into that game. We're later, gonna, but. Yeah, but if you're gonna if these players are going to say, oh, I'm going to take... If I don't have a chance at shooting on goal, I'm going to take a dive, and maybe I'll get a penalty. That's what these players are thinking now. If they don't have half a chance in scoring, they're, they're better off just falling on the ground and taking it. That's the kind of precedent you're setting here. Exactly. So anytime you see a potential penalty situation, have the ref stop the game for a minute, go look. You're not going to really slow down the game that much. Have the ref go look. Yes, it's a penalty. No, it's not a penalty. You Look every time. Don't call a penalty or not call a penalty and don't even consult VAR. And it's obvious when a player dives. And it's like we obvious. said, you're, we're going to see as the games go on, we'll yeah, explain. It's Let's move on to the let's, next let's game. Let's move on. Bologna Caledi. Yeah, so... Good uh, turnaround for Bologna. Good win for Bologna. Three losses good, in a row. Yeah. this They really needed this. on form Caledi team. They really needed this. I didn't see Bologna losing this game. Uh, Caledi had some had some bright spots. Joel Pedro again. Another goal. Scoring. This Another guy's goal. on fire. And Giovanni Simeone. For anyone that plays fa- fantasy football for Serie A. Yeah. A 
Pedro. Joao Pedro. He's he, he's really fitting in. I mean, uh, you know, talk about goal scorers. Musa Baro, two. Yeah, amazing goals. Fantastic goals. Fantastic goals. And creativity here from Soriano. He goal we and said, assist. We said if if there, if Bologna's going to beat Cagliari, Soriano has to score. Yeah, and he, he scores did. and assists. Scores and assists. I think he paired up really well with Orsolini behind Baro. Well, on on side with Baro and then behind Palacio. I mean, this Bologna team, they've been good. It's been individual errors. We know that. That has costed them a severe amount of points already this early in the season. Sinisa needed this win, and he got it. So I'm really happy to see that. Um, This Bologna team, not incredibly talented, but has enough to get by, finish in a solid mid-table place. They needed this win. They and I. If I'm Bologna, I would have. I felt like they deserved to beat Lazio the previous match day. So they continued that form. Twenty-two shots they let off compared to Cagliari's seven, nine on target. So they shot him. The only the only thing with this game is, like I said, Musa Baro. He had to score two phenomenal goals. Are you going to score goals like that week in and week out? No, you're not. No. So, law of averages here, you can't sustain that type of form week in, week out. So, this team has to lock up that defense. They they leak way too much goals Yeah. still. Because some of the goals, uh, Giovanni Simeone, no one tracked him in the yeah. middle. Joao Pedro, same Tom, thing. Tommy Yasu, he's... Problems. Something's off in the defense, though. That Tomiyasu and Danilo pairing. Uh, maybe this they, this game that can build off of it. It was a much needed win. You hope. I'm really impressed with Soriano this season so far. Yeah, he's been outstanding. German-born, Italian international. Yeah. He's been great. He's been outstanding. Porcellini, too, had a outstanding game. Great great performance from these guys. Yeah, absolutely. Much need a win. Yeah, definitely. Congratulations to Bologna. Let's move on to the next game. Udinese and AC Milan. AC Milan coming out 2-1 to victors. And now, you see, this is where this is where my point is. I'm not convinced entirely by AC Milan. They're, they're a solid team. They deserve to be where they are, but I'm just not convinced. Because they came up against the Udinese team, and I felt like this AC Milan should team should have done more, and they didn't. Udinese stayed in this game. They stayed alive. Thankfully, Juan Musso came back for Gotti. So you had no clowning around in between the sticks there. Yeah, they dropped uh, Kevin Lozani to the bench for this game. Yeah, and I think it didn't do... I mean, Kevin Lozani is not firing at all, so rightly so. I mean... Yeah, it was an interesting approach by Luca Gotti and Udinese. If you look at the XG, this game says it should have been a draw. The difference was Ibra's moment of brilliance on the the semi-bicycle kick. What can you say about Zlatan? That's the difference right there in this game. This guy's a game changer. That's what makes championship teams. You can play poor and you manage to get a win. That's yeah, but what, Juliano, they're, they're playing like this good. all the time. That's how... They're, they are. They're playing like this all the time. It's not like they're... That's how, that's, how you, that's how Juve did it, though, the last couple of years. And that's how they're going to be doing it going forward now since their their star players come back. Yeah. I mean, well, these star players make a difference. Ibra makes a difference. Ronaldo makes a difference. Oh, I know When that. you're playing you can't play amazing every week it's impossible you can't but that's why these guys are the best in the world it just takes them a moment and you do something like that ibra he he's facing the goal realizes the ball is above his head he knows to shield the goalie 
and a defender, I believe. I think he had two players on his back. He shields them and then does a bicycle kick right into the bottom corner. Like A lot of players wouldn't think of doing something like that. Well, he's Latin. He's and that's, a legend. That's where the class, that's where you get a win. That's the difference. Last, last season, this is an AC Milan draw. Yeah. Ibra is a difference. He's a difference maker. 39 years old. Age doesn't matter for this No, man. not this guy. Not this guy. Age doesn't matter for Zlatan. Any other performances that stand out to you in this game? Uh, Theo Hernandez stepped it up again. Cassie. Cassie stepped it up. Another Rodrigo DePaul played really well for Udinese. Yeah. Probably the man on that side. Donnarumma came back Donnarumma uh, came from back. COVID-19. Got a yellow card. Uh, he's, playing, he's playing solid. It's crazy to think the guy's still only 21 years old. I know. <laughs> Feels like he's been around forever already. Feels like he's been around forever. Yeah. And uh, a long way to go for Gigi Donnarumma. Yeah. Tonali made an appearance too off the bench. He played decent. He did a. He did what he had to do. Yeah. He got around thirty minutes in. Yeah. Solid performance for Milan. Still undefeated, top of the table, leading City. Ah, it's nice to see a new team at the top. No, it is. It is nice to see a new team. I'll give you that. Yeah, it's and just, it's nice to see AC back. Back no, it's good. They, this is where they belong. They've always belonged to be in the conversation. Yeah, they do. I just love how wide open it is this year. I mean, Me the, too. The difference between first place and ninth place right now is only six points. Yes, pretty close. Next game. Next game at the Dino Manuzzi Spezia Juventus four one for Juve. There yeah. was one player who came on in particular. Once he came on, it made the big difference. That is Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, and. uh so sorry, anything you want to say? Yeah. This uh this basically shows you that this is you should might as well just call this team Cristiano Ronaldo FC. You really should. Because this Juve team without him looks very mediocre. They look like a mid table team. I know Andrea Pirlo's trying to set it settle in, but He's got to be kissing Ronaldo's feet because he makes Ronaldo makes him look like a genius. And realistically, Andrea Pirlo, as a coach right now, you're not. You're not. You are the coach of Juventus, a nine-time-in-a-row champion. You should be walking all over a team like Spezia Calcio. And yes, the score, the score suggests that they walked all over Spezia Calcio. None of that happened until Cristiano Ronaldo stepped on. Yeah, and none of that happened. The only it, thing with management, so management... There's more to it than just the tactical side. You have the... I think he has a player motivation. Players are saying they're the happiest they've been in, in a while since Saudi. They're more close together, you know. Coaches play a part in uh, recruitment of youth players. They play a role in bringing players into a club. Pirlo's obvious weakness right now is his tactical acumen. Yeah. It's very poor. Uh, Ronaldo improved three minutes from when he came on. Round of the goalkeeper. Got a goal off a penalty... Morata, which we'll talk about the penalty because I don't think that was a penalty either. Morata played an excellent game too. I think he had another two disallowed goals yeah, in this so game. I think in the last two or three games, he's had six goals disallowed, disallowed for offside. Crazy. But you learn your rules, man. Yeah. Like Dybala had another poor game. Very yeah. poor game. Very. Second, he's the player that came off for Ronaldo. Yeah. And it showed bam. And you could see Dybala too. They panned the camera on his face when he scored, and he, he knows. didn't even crack a smile. Yeah, he knows. I think Paul. I think Paulo Dybala's days at Juventus are numbered. Even though Ronaldo, I think Ronaldo's a free agent after this year. Yes, uh, and Dybala, they, I don't. So they're trying to renew his contract, or maybe the agents pushing yeah. you. They didn't want to give him a contract renewal. Yeah, or a or the raise. Renewal. So something, something's happening behind the scenes with Dybala. Yeah. 
it might be time to cash in on this kid. I think so. I think it is. I think it's just not working out for both players. I think Paul Dybala is a pretty decent player. I mean, he, but he, we, but he's what I call a flat track bully. It's a British slang. He picks on the small teams. Yeah. You know he'll uh, put on a show there. But yeah. when it comes to the big games, the big stage, the lights are on him. Yeah. He's not it, a superstar. He, he, he doesn't means, perform. He doesn't perform. But this team, it's... I gotta give credit to Spezia. Spezia, Spezia held their own. I mean, ha- yeah, one, they, one one at halftime. They held their own. They outplayed uh, Juve for the first forty five minutes. They did. And that was uh, the downfall for them. Yeah. As, according to Vincenzo Italiano too, he said his team maybe built too much confidence. Yeah. That was his mistake. They should have sat back a bit more. And uh, that was it. Artur, I gotta say, for Juve played a great game. He, did play he was game. the most creative player. Got on the, on the ball the most. I like that from Pirlo. Yeah. What I did love, you think of McKenny and Kiz on the flanks? McKenny, so he didn't play as a true winger. Cordurado no. did all the leg work yeah. for him. He was more so cover for when yeah. Cordurado went up. He did a he did a job. He did a good job. Chiesa, I think, played great as a yeah. left midfielder. That's where he belongs. He belongs, he belongs in the running into space. Wide. Yes, he, wide mid. So he drew the penalty. So I said we were going to talk about the penalty. Again, back on to penalties. If you don't like this part, just mute it. Because I know a lot of people don't like uh, hearing about penalties. But this, to me, is not a penalty. The defender, I'm pretty sure was Terzi. I could be wrong. Terzi. Okay. Chiesa shields the ball from an 18-yard box. Terzi makes an attempt to go for the ball. He grazes, just grazes the outside of Chiesa's leg and hits the ball, pokes it forward. And the ref, boom, penalty. Chiesa drops like a pile of bricks. I'm sorry. This is where the president's being set for diving. Yeah. Because if you're you're telling me if that contact is going to knock you down, that's complete BS. I know it is. You're not a pro athlete if no. you're getting tapped on the shin and you're falling over. Yeah. Okay. It's it's just not happening. That's not a penalty. Because the precedent you're saying is a defender cannot do anything in the box unless it's a perfect time tackle. You cannot do anything. Yeah. You got to keep your, hind, your hands behind your back now. Don't even bother going for a tackle. Just shadow and let the offensive player do whatever he wants. That's essentially it. You're you are you are hamstringing defenders here from playing the game the way it's meant to be played because refs are falling for. And I don't blame the players because it is the refs that set the precedent because they're yeah. the ones that can make these calls. The players are just taking advantage of the situation. Of course they are. You are allowing these players to get away with these bogus penalties. Yeah, and allowing them to fall over over the yeah. slightest touch. This is what I mean. Where's the difference between this and Junior Macias in the Crotone game? The difference is Junior Macias doesn't dive. Yeah. That's the difference. Isn't the penalty supposed to be based off of an actual foul taken off place. the foul? Or is it Whether based off a guy or, or is it based off a guy hitting the ground? Yeah. Tell me. What's it supposed to be based off? It's supposed to be based off making the foul. Exactly. It's supposed to be. The outcome doesn't matter if a guy falls or not. Yeah. It's, it's the foul, attempt it's of foul. obstruction. Exactly. But we got a lot more to talk about with penalties, so we'll drop this for right now. Yeah. Great win by Juve. Ronaldo again, papering over the cracks of this team. That's how it's going to be, I feel, for this team all season. Yeah. We'll see how Pirlo goes. He's learning, Pirlo. So yeah. it'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, see, good rebound win for Juve, build up the confidence, and uh, that's that. Yeah. Next game. <laughs> Torino and Lazio. Lazio... Coming crazy. Off, this was a crazy game. It was a crazy game. Coming off four three victors, 
And all the Laziale fans are talking about how this is well-deserved and how they deserve to win this game. Well, I got news for you. You guys did not deserve to win this game. Torino, hands down, deserved to win this game. You guys got a bogus penalty, again, which we'll talk about, in injury time on Ancolu, which totally changed the game. And it's a non-penalty. It's a non-penalty. I'm sorry. It's ridiculous. The ball hit Ancolu's abdomen. Didn't hit his hands. Didn't hit his arms. It yeah. didn't. The ref in this game was Daniele Kifi. So my my big issue with this uh, penalty, we'll talk about the penalty and we'll get into the yeah. game quick. My big issue, because there was two points in this game with yeah. penalty. Both penalties were complete BS for me in this game. We'll start with uh, the Lazio one. For me, why it's BS, it's called over from VAR. That's fine. The procedure's fine. The ref on the field, Daniele Kifi, goes to the VAR uh, screen, reviews VAR. Now, this is where my problem is. He's given two angles of the play. Yeah. You clearly see, whoever watched that game, you clearly see the frontal view. He views it for maybe 10 seconds. That gives you the angle of the the ball hitting the ribs, abdomen, whatever you want to call it, and ricocheting up into yeah. underneath his arm, okay? Which is not a penalty anymore yeah. because it hit his body first. Yeah. You see that clearly from that first angle. And then he spends around 90% of the time looking at the lateral view, which doesn't give you a good angle of it hitting his abdomen because it just, from that angle, you can't see that it ricochets off the front and then onto his arm. Yeah. The lateral view just makes it look like it hits under his arm. And he spends the majority of the time looking at the uh, the penalty moment from that angle. Yeah. Makes no sense. Aren't you supposed to take both angles in that case into consideration? Yeah, 50, you are. 50-50. Not 90% lateral. You are. 10% on the front of you. Yeah. Aren't you supposed to take it? You know, not only that. He, you don't take the angle that best benefits what you no. think is going to, you know, the outcome should be. No. It shouldn't be like that. No, it shouldn't. And the thing, the, and the worst part about it is he, uh, and it, it he gives Ancolu a card. And he gets a it. card on top of it. Yeah. And it ch- totally changed the game. If that penalty doesn't happen, Torino wins this game, hands down. Yeah. Torino, yeah, they win the game because everything, so two goals are scored. So Torino was leaning 3-2 going yeah. into injury time. And then Lazio got the penalty yeah. and then a crazy scramble yeah. uh, at the end. So the other penalty in this game was Balotti. So I guess both penalties offset each other kind of bit. Balotti, same thing. Terrible penalty. Tell me, where in the world is a guy? He's running. In his backswing, he hits Andreas Pereira in his legs. He has the, in his mind, he feels the contact and he purposely misses the ball. It's so obvious that he swings to miss the ball and he falls right on his uh, yeah. on his butt. And he's and they give a penalty. It boggles no, my mind. Andres Pereira didn't even make a challenge. No. Balotti hits Pereira in his backswing, and they give it a penalty. Yeah. Blows my mind. I don't know. Uh, but congratulations, Andres Pereira, on his uh, on his debut goal for Lazio. Yeah. Lukic, another big performance by Lukic. Milikovic Savic, I'd say, man of the match performance for Lazio, considering the way the game went, the result. This is another. This was a depleted Lazio again. Yeah. Chiro got his goal. Yeah. How did he score his goal? Off the penalty. Oh, that's what I thought. This. I'm telling you, this guy's a fraud, Chiro Immobile. Half his goals are from the spot. So Lazio, we got to take the result for what it is. They're showing character. 
with their lack of depth in the squad, they are winning games. They are they've built a lot of good momentum off of that Dortmund win. I don't no, think they, they lost. They've they been have. doing well. They we'll have. see if they can carry it into this uh, midweek Champions League fixture. So congratulations to them. I the, just the pressure now is on Marco Giampaolo. Yeah. He's been given he's been given the weekend game. So there's a mid the makeup game between Torino and Genoa is Wednesday. I believe it's Wednesday, and then they got to play. Crotone on Saturday. Crotone, I is it it's Saturday? Crotone. And this got, weekend. This yeah. weekend, yeah. And they, he needs a result or, or his job's, that's it. He's, he's done. done. And he's now without his yeah. star player, Bellotti. Andrea Bellotti, who has, apparently has a bruised knee. Uh, yes, Andrea Bellotti. Maybe is, he hit, he injured it landing on the grass there. Yeah, probably. Life. Credit to Andrea Bellotti. He's, got, he's scoring five or six goals. And you got that credit goes to Giampaolo because Giampaolo found how to use Bellotti and what works. Um, even though I'm not a fan of Andrea Balotti, he's scoring goals now, so good for him. But now he's with his—he's without his main guy. I really feel for this guy. He—he's done some good things with this Torino team, and I really felt watching this game that Torino, Torino, yes, Torino didn't have the ball as much as Lazio, but hey, they still were able to get off the same amount of shots. They—they—they they, they played up. They got—they dominated them in the corners. They just this Torino team. This was—they were gonna win this game. Yeah, they're, they're suffering from what Bologna has been suffering yeah. from. They are... Individual errors. Individual errors. They're not winning games they should be winning. Yeah. I think, for me personally, it'd be a mistake to now get rid of them. Yeah, you're, I you're think... You're deep into the season. Stick with this man. Stick with it's them obviously, for a while. It's obviously... It's going on an upward trend now. It is. Even though it this is. was a defeat. And you got two games against Genoa and Crotone. That, that, should, be six, that should be six points for this Torino team. My, view, my view is, as long as they're progressing, it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. I just... I really feel for this guy. This guy can't. This guy's got no luck. He said something very similar, and uh, he couldn't believe it. Yeah, no luck. It's 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 frustrating, but uh, you know, lucky win for you, Lazio. Lucky win for you. You're still in ninth place, so enjoy <laughs> enjoy it. Mid table obscurity. <laughs> we got some. That's the rivalry right there. The Rome. The Rome uh, rivalry. We'll go off to the next game. What do you want to do? Let's Which do Sassuolo Napoli. Sassuolo Napoli. Yeah. More referee and controversy. More referee and controversy. <laughs> hey, this game should have been a lot tighter. Let's talk about. Let's let's start with the game. How it went uh, down. So Sassuolo okay. came into this game first, missing Caputo, Berardi, and Juric. And, uh, and Juric. Juric. They missed a, pretty much a whole attack. Three star players. Yeah, gone. Locatelli stepped up. Was a real leader in this game. He was. Maxime uh, Lopez, I believe his name is. That goal he scored. That beautiful goal he goal. scored was beautiful. For Lopez to do that on that Napoli defense, wow. Wow. It was an insurance goal, but... Consigli, I think, made seven or six saves. Yeah. He played man of the match, man of the hands match. down. Man of the match. Here's another goalkeeper that could realistically be in the Italian lineup. Like, it's it's crazy. I'm, this this Sassuolo team played really this, well. This is what we weren't sure what they could do. Would you lose star players... Be able to get they a result. This was the first big test, and he did it. He did it. He did it. And credit to Di Zerbi. He's coach of the year already. Coach yes. of the year already in my books. Kirkis, good game by Kirkis. Played really good in the center back there. So did Ferrari. Another solid performance by Ferrari there for Sassuolo. And, uh, yeah, they're missing three of their star players. Their entire attack. Their entire... And their entire attack... That came in, Boga, Traore, Raspadori didn't do anything. But their midfield is what got them this result. And a strong defensive display. And, and a strong defensive display, yes. I mean, 
I thought this game was going to be tighter. I think this. I I thought this was after the first half. I thought this was leading towards a draw, but then that penalty happens. Yeah. <laughs> so and again, like, sorry for boring you with the penalties, yeah. but in this game too, I don't remember who drew it. For uh, Sassuolo drew the penalty. I can see why at first it was given. Okay, uh, Lorenzo goes in for the tackle, mistimes it. Grazes the side of the ankle of the uh, of the Ford right yeah. again across the box. Okay, my my problem is here again with the precedent you're setting. You're not allowing defenders to challenge for the ball anymore. Yeah. Number two, these refs have to call a dive when it's a dive. They have to. Okay, that's the only way you're gonna stop diving. The player, I wish I could remember who it was. It might have been Maxim Lopez. Was it on net? He gets clipped on the ankle. Sure, if he gets clipped and he drops, beautiful. But yeah. You know what happens? He gets clips. He gets clipped. Watch the replay, people. The ankle he gets clipped on, he's able to, I think, take not one but two steps with that exact same ankle he got clipped. He kicks the ball. It's cleared by the defender, which I believe was Manolas. And then in the moment when he realized he lost control of the ball, he drops to the ground. He doesn't drop from the foul. He drops after he realizes, I can't get to that ball anymore. I'm just going to fall to the ground. It was Raspadori. Raspadori. And then, boom, penalty given. To me... I can see why it was given. I get it. But we got to get rid of the diving out of the game. It's got to go. It's got to go. And if you're running full speed and you get clipped and you fall right away, yeah, penalty, no question. But if you can get clipped and stand back on that exact same foot, it's not a penalty. Let's do a test, people. Tell your wife or your husband, go sprint across your living room. Let them step on your foot at full, at full sprint and tell me if you're able to land on your foot. And... Uh, and continue running. Let me know, okay? Time to go full out into your leg. Yeah, let us know. Send us a message on Twitter. And let us know what happens because I guarantee you, you won't be able to take a step on the foot that got stamped on. Okay, we take no legal uh, responsibility for that. <laughs> That's up to you, okay? But try it. Yeah. I guarantee you, if someone takes out your foot, you're not taking a step on the foot that got stamped on. Yeah. And this leads in to the big controversy at the end. Aussie man. He was running in on net. Had his jersey tugged in the yeah. box. Again, what is a penalty? Is it the action of the foul? Or is it the or is it falling to the ground? Or is it the falling to the ground that's called? It seems like it's falling to the ground. Falling to the ground obviously triggers the refs. The refs don't call the rules, they call what they think yeah. is the rules. It's not right. Yeah. It's not right. So it's either you give leeway for defenders or you don't give leeway for defenders. Yeah. One or the other. You have to call it one or the other. Ozyman running on net. Gets his jersey tugged, continues running. Same thing. Realizes he's not going to get to the ball. He takes three steps, though, as opposed to one, and then falls. So yeah. he dives too, but the ref doesn't call it. But besides the fact, he was still fouled in the box. No foul was given. It is not right. Not and it changed the result. Maxim Lopez yeah. then was able to run down the field, dribble, and score his goal. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. It bothers me. It, it bothers me when there's poor it, officiating. It, it, when officials want to take over the game, they want all the headlines. It bothers me. No, the game's about the players, not the officials. Exactly. And there's a reason. And this is the problem. It's it's the most common problem in the Italian league. I mean, the English league is a mess too with VAR and and all the calls they're making. But like, you don't hear about this in La Liga. You don't hear about this in Bundesliga. You don't hear about this in League. You don't even hear about this in the NOS league, the the Portuguese league. You don't hear about this. You don't. But you, where do you hear about the most? In Italy. It's a joke. 
And you know how there you know how we know that this is definitely a problem and it's all and it's Italian? Look at Juventus, look at these Italian clubs that always get these calls. Look what they do when they go to Europe. Look at the Champions League. Look at Europa League. They never get these calls. And what happens? They struggle. They struggle big time on the European stage because they don't get the calls that they're used to getting in the City A. So we need to straighten this out. We need to rewrite the curriculum on referees. And referees, Italian referees, need to be held accountable for everything. The Giacomelli suspension should have set a tone, and it didn't. It wasn't harsh enough to begin with in the first place. But you need to fix this. This is a big problem now. Yeah, maybe it's fatigue. These that's I don't want to make excuses for these guys. They are reffing more than they've ever reffed. But uh, it is inexcusable. You shouldn't... No. You shouldn't be... Referees aren't in this game to influence the score. No, they're not. They're and there in a low scoring game. The way it is. In a low scoring game, penalties are huge. Yeah. And you can't just be giving them out like candy. Like candy. On like candy. You can't. Yeah. A penalty has to be almost... It's the wrong word, but has to be earned. Yeah. Okay? Absolutely. And that's that's our view on that. No, 100%. 100%. So, are you going to call penalties on the foul? Or are you going to call it based on the on a body hit in the ground? What is it? It's got to be. Because you have so many foul. examples this week. Yeah, it's got to be on the foul. But uh, in other words, though, the swallow, congratulations. Big your win. first real test this, this season, and, and you passed it. Gattuso's not going to be happy with this, with this loss, but he'll move on. It's not the end of the world for Napoli. Napoli's still sitting on 11 points. And uh, so Swallow, second place. Second place. Second place in Serie A. Are these guys a top four contender now? Who knows? I don't know. With the way the season going, it's interesting. There's not much separating uh, mid-table from the top right now. Yeah, there's not. It's just going to take, like we said, a couple games, yeah. a couple wins in a row, and it can yeah. change a team. And with season. this cram schedule, with Champions League, Europa League, the international break with Nations League, like there's a, it's a, the schedule is very condensed. Coppa Italia here as well. It, it's it's definitely feels like a marathon. It's yeah. who's going to survive. Like you look at the table, Juve in their past three games won one game. Atalanta in their past three games won one game. And they're three and four on the table. Yeah. Would you expect those teams to be three and four no. on the table right now? No. No, but they are. So that goes to show you how open. Yeah. Like Napoli now dropped to fifth. Enters in sixth. Roma seventh. Sampdoria right, eighth. Lazio ninth. It's the table so tight. Yeah. Every point matters to bring it back to officiating. Every point matters. Yeah. Referee shouldn't be able to dictate that way. Just call it the way it is on the field. I want to see players taking the headlines, not referees. Yeah, 100%. But enough about the refs. I think that was the last uh, that was controversy the last for the week. Roma, Fiorentina, 2 nothing. A coach feeling the heat, like we mentioned last time. Giuseppe you, Iacchini. You got to go, buddy. Take your hat and get out of here. That's what I'd say if I'm Rocco Comiso. Big win by Roma. What can, what can I say? The... I'll, I'll lay the foundations here. Oh, Giuseppe Acchini came out after the game, said his tactics. He set up for a counterattack. He started with Calihon and Ribery up front. Both played terrible. He was looking to, uh, yeah, just counter them, beat them in the spaces. Roma scores, destroys his entire plan. Within, yeah, Roma scored early. Within 12 minutes, Acchini yeah. had no plan B, no. and it showed. So go, Christian. Game over. It was game over. Uh once Roma scored that goal, game totally changed. Roma controlled the game. Yes, Fiorentina had the ball a little more, but with Beppe Iacchini, that's all he knows. 
counterattack. And now, after that 12, scoring 12 minutes in, you got to chase the game. Pepe Aquino doesn't know how to chase a game. He really doesn't. He tries to go ahead or tries to find, capitalize you on the counter and get ahead. That's all he knows. And for Pepe Aquino to chase a game, this Fiorentina team against this Roma team that's rebuilding, this Fiorentina team should have been able to give it back to Roma, realistically. They should have, but they couldn't. Why? Because of the way they were set up. They're set up to fail. You have so many great players on this Fiorentina team, and they're being forced to play a system that is so limited that it just doesn't work. Now, Rocco Camiso, you have a bonehead for a coach that is ruining a Fiorentina team that should be in the high mid-tables, at least. They should be. They still are, I think, but it's they should be. They should be higher. Pairing Frank Ribéry with Jose Callahan as your two attackers when you have Patrick Catrone on the bench. Catrone, Kwame, and Vlahovic. What, what are you doing? Three strikers. His reasoning was to bring them on later into the game when the yeah. How late did Roma, he bring them on? The Roma defenders retired. How late did he bring them on? He brought them on really late. He he, he brought them on really late. He totally bombed this game. Paulo Fonseca was laughing. He was laughing. He, came, he went up one nothing. Beautiful. Now they got to chase us, and then we can go back into our counterattack method. Spinozola played great. Pedro, another solid performance. What? There's not been one game where this guy's played bad, Pedro, at all. Great worth, signing. Worth, worth every penny right now. And I don't think anybody expected him to no. play this good. No. I love this intensity. Chris Smalling, leader at the back. Leader at the back in Chris Outstanding Smalling. game. Yeah, outstanding. Rodri Banez, another outstanding game. I think he made it in I think he's gonna make it into our team of the week. Uh Lorenzo Pellegrini, what can you say? Amazing game. Spinazzola. This guy has like found his calling with this Roma team. He has found his calling. Leandro, Spinazzola, and he got a goal to he got a goal to go with it. Mikatarian, great. And then Zeko, solid performance, no goals to go for it. But you know what? This Roma team. They're doing what they they're going to work. That's what they're doing. They're going to work. And I will say this again: we are technically undefeated this season so far in European and Serie A competition. Aside from that default, Baldassoni, which was a scam. <laughs> okay, Baldassoni, who probably now works for Hellas Verona, gave Hellas Verona three wins as his last parting gift for Roma. Okay, this team in my books is undefeated. We're on 11 points. We're tied with Napoli and Inter for fifth, sixth, and seventh. What does that show you? That shows you that this team is finding to finding. To, well, hold on. Let me try. I'm trying to find my words here. They are finding what works for them, and they are doing this without our superstar Nicolo Zaniolo. So, if this team has Nicolo Zaniolo, where do you put Roma? It's hard to say. Maybe, who knows? Maybe Zaniolo brings him down. You bring in Zaniolo. No. You no. don't play Pellegrini where he should be playing. You don't play Pedro where he should be playing. You don't play Mkhitaryan. You got to drop one of them. No. You got to drop think, one of them. I think, I think Does Zaniolo even make the team when these guys are playing so good? Zaniolo makes a team. That's Zaniolo difference. is a piece of creativity. Doesn't matter. Sometimes a great player I, take away from a I team. I strongly like, like, disagree. Like who? Like Ronaldo? <laughs> no. no, 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 no. Who? There was one player... In my personal opinion, I'm going to piss off a lot of people right now. Held back your team for the longest time. Oh, you're talking about Tati? Because they refused to get him out in his twilight years. Okay, he still played great football. Hero. But, but they were unwilling to bring in new names because of Totti. I know Spalletti tried to do it. 
what happened to him gone created a rift in the change room yeah everyone that tried to mess with Totti when it, he was obviously well past his expiry date was Hold sacked on. well past his expiry date yes we're talking about the twilight of his career when he was slowing down he was slowing no, down we're not, we're not debating was, on whether on. he was a he great was player slowing down he was slowing down but he was still begging in goals but it doesn't matter. He was what doing I'm saying his is, job. if you bring on a Zaniolo, if you just play him because it's Zaniolo and he's not on because of no, 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 uh, because of the merit of his performances. You're, you're playing Zaniolo not because he's Zaniolo. You're playing Zaniolo because of what he brings to the table. Creativity. Fair enough. So my point is, this is a great Roma team right now. Roma, we haven't seen in a long time. It's a solid team. Now if Zaniolo comes in. You have to take away someone that's playing yeah. great. Pedro, Mkhitaryan. No, you don't take away Pedro. Pellegrini. You don't take away Pedro. Pellegrini is going back so to sit deep, deep in the middle. Exactly. But Pellegrini's gone back but to Pellegrini's been middle. one of your best offensive players. So he can set something up from the back. All I'm saying is sometimes things happen for a I think Mkhitaryan, I think Mkhitaryan <laughs> comes off the bench if Zanello comes back. And what better and what better way to have that? But Mkhitaryan's been, but Mkhitaryan's been playing great. He has been playing great, but he he He's up there in age. It's a good problem to have. Let's just put it it's that way. It's a good problem to have. It's a good. It's a very good have. problem to have. So for all of you that thought we were a mess, yes, we're still a mess, but we're doing pretty well. The team's progressing. You can see it's going in the right direction. Yeah. And the other thing, big shout out to Paulo Fonseca. Doing his job without a sporting director, with all the political garbage that goes on in that Roma locker room with the media and the upper management... For those of you that don't listen, I would strongly suggest you guys listen to the Roma Press podcast with uh, John Solano and Andy Marconi. These guys can really break it down for you about all the garbage, political garbage that goes on in upper management. And if you're, if you hear about this in Baldessoni, a couple, Sony baby, if you hear about this in their podcast, you have nothing but the utmost respect for Paulo Fonseca and what he's doing with this squad. No sporting director, so much political garbage. Doesn't know if he's going to be the manager of this team next year. It's Paulo Fonseca. My hats off to you. And that's all I got to say about the Roma Fiorentina game. Well deserved win by Fiorentina, or sorry, well deserved win by Roma. Now, if I'm Rocco Camiso, this is where you shine up the axe. You call Beppe Iacchini in. You tell him to get him and that stupid hat out of here. And you bring in Saudi. And you bring in Saudi. Now is the time to do it. This guy's ruining this Fiorentina team. He's ruining it. He is you, one of the worst coaches in the league. He is. He's a city of B coach. And he's got a talented team. He's never had a team like this before. And shows. He's never had a... You have a coach that was fired and brought back and fired and brought back I think three times in one season by Palermo. Yes, Maurizio Zamparini was a psychopath, but the guy had the guy had no shame coming back three times for the same club. After the second time I would have set up yours. But this guy has no shame. This guy is the worst coach in Serie A. You have a Fiorentina team with so much talent. You got Max Allegri and a guy like Maurizio Sarri in the wings. Even who just came out and said he couldn't say no to Fiorentina, Cesare Prandelli. I'd even bring Cesare Prandelli back. This is ridiculous. Yeah, anything's better than Beppe Kini. Right Anything. Now. Anything. Let's, let's go on to the Derby della Lanterna in the region of in Genoa. La Liguria. Sorry, La Liguria. The Whoops. Region. The region. The re- no, yeah, it was in Genoa, know, but the region's La Liguria. I know what you're saying. So, 1 1 tie here. If you're Claudio Ranieri, you're a little disappointed with this. Sampdoria outplaying Genoa uh, from what I felt in this game. 
Um, they had the better chances to they, uh, to win this game. Yeah. They. Sorry, no. I, I'm going to take that back. It was pretty even. It was an even match. Adero and Perrin had to both make big saves. Now that just came to my mind. Yeah. There wasn't too many chances. It was a no. hard-fought battle. Skamaka with a big goal there for Genoa. Yeah, he played. He played raw. Yeah. Yangto solid in the midfield for Sampdoria. There's some good pieces on this Genoa team. There really is. I mean, you have uh, you have a leader, Domenico Crescito. He's not firing on all cylinders yet. The this Genoa team should should be doing better. Um, Destro is done. I don't yeah. I don't understand Destro. This yeah. guy. I don't understand Matteo Destro. I really he, he scores a wonder goal and I'm done. I got my paycheck for the year. See you later. See you later. See Give you me later. my Panzerotte. I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, I, I Claudio Ranieri will 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 be happy with a point. He's he's got what? He's got ten points in his last four yeah, games. So Sampdoria is fine. Genoa too. They get their point. They got their point. But now they got a big game against Torino midweek. Torino puts him in sixteenth. Yeah, Torino. Torino should win this game because we're not, this is the only time we're going to be able to talk about. Torino should win this game. But if you're Genoa, with all the issues that are happening in Torino, this is kind of the game you want. You might be able to get the full three points on this. Because here's another coach that should be on the chopping block in Maran. So, Yeah, a lot of work to do for Maran. Yeah. Great game for them. This was the best game Genoa's played. You know, since, uh, since the, since start the first of the season. game. Yeah. Sampdoria did what they had to do. Yeah. Some big chances missed. Some big saves. Overall, even game. Not much to say. It wasn't. No. It wasn't too eventful. It was kind of. No. Uh, I'm pretty sure a lot a of people didn't derby. watch this game. Yeah. Yeah. It was a bit of a stale derby, but uh, nonetheless, a derby, a very important derby. Yeah. And uh, this is the first goal I think Genoa scored in six games against Sampdoria in this derby. So, what does that tell you? Looking better for them. Yeah. In the end. Absolutely. Good result. Absolutely. And then uh, for those of you today goes the uh, Benevento Hellas Verona game. Stay tuned for that one. Stay tuned for that one. The kickoff is uh, in a couple of hours. So with that being said, we got some big Champions League games this midweek. Um, let's talk about our uh, let's talk about our uh, three Italian. Yeah, let's teams. put the focus on them. So Inter, big big game. Inter visiting yeah. Madrid. Romelu Lukaku is not in Madrid. He's out. He is out. It's going to be tough for Inter. Yeah. They better figure out something to do with the scoring. Uh, and Real Madrid on top of it. They just had uh, Eden Hazard scored his first goal. Not his first goal. His first goal in over a year. Yeah. Since his first goal for Real Madrid. So it seems like he's coming back. He played a great game with Benzema. Real Madrid's kind of hit him form now. It's not looking good for Inter. No. If, oh, so I shouldn't say it's not looking good. They're playing. The Inter is playing great defensively. A lot of question marks. Once again, my belief is defense is feeling the pressure because the offense isn't scoring. Yeah. You score, you take the lead in the game. It changes the game uh, totally. Um, Inter's playing great. Probably playing the best out of any team in that group. Just cannot score a goal. No. That's the dilemma. I think Inter will outplay uh, Real Madrid in this derby, but the difference is, like we said for Milan and Juve, the difference is the characters in your team. And who does Real Madrid have? Sergio Ramos. Yeah. Mr. Clutch himself. <coughs> Definitely. Salute. Thank you. That's probably going to be the difference in these two games. Yeah, I think so. This is do or die, I think, for uh, Conte. As much as Inter... 
a it's lot a of people big don't think a lot of, a lot of people don't think Champions League doesn't matter to enter. It matters to a certain extent. Yeah. It matters if you put in a good effort and you lose, okay, whatever. But if you finish last place in this group, yeah. Ooh, no, you're it's done. a bit, you're it, done. This week's huge. It's this week's huge for Inter. You got Real Madrid. Hakimi's uh, coming back to his old team. Yeah. To play. Zinedine Zidane even came out and said this game's like a final. Yeah, Varane said don't underestimate Inter because Lukaku is an Inter. Yeah. And it's true. It's true. Inter's showing they create the opportunities. They yeah. just cannot score. Yeah. They cannot score. Well, I mean let we'll talk a bit of the tactics. Like we said, so this is just gonna be our best guess. Obviously, we don't know the lineups. I'm gonna assume Conte the biggest question mark is Perisic. Do you play Perisic again? Do you play Pinamonti? Me personally, I put Pinamonti. Yeah, you have to. Pinamonti's a natural striker. Yeah. I think you gotta sit Perisic this game. Do you play Colorado this game? No. Drop him, I drop think, him. too, right? You drop him. Even though he's the most creative player, I think, yeah, you drop him. Play is Bastoni, Bastoni's healthy, Bastoni, right? Bastoni's he? good to go. The yeah. only players apparently not good to go are uh, Senzi, Lukaku, maybe Alexis Sanchez. You pretty much have a full team. So run your three center backs. I think you play Kornokia, Divrai, Kolarov, D'Ambrosio on the right. Well, you got to play Akimi there. D'Ambrosio maybe on the left or Ashley Young. The right. midfield is whoever. Vidal, honestly... Vidal doesn't in this I don't know maybe in a game like this maybe but I don't think he needs to start no no like I said the midfield's been performing it doesn't matter who's in the midfield they perform it's yeah. your, it's mainly your strikers so up against Ramos and Varane who's going to give you the best chance of scoring a goal here yeah. that's the biggest question you got Mendy possibly versus Ashley Young on the wing Marcello versus Hakimi your midfield battle Cruz Casemiro Valverde versus possibly Barella Brozovic We'll just say Vidal in there because I have a feeling he won't play Erickson, even though I think Erickson played a good, quiet game. In Parma? Oh, yeah. I guess Parma He's not he a is. dribbler. He's not fancy. Yeah. He just does the simple things. People don't appreciate that stuff. And then you have Eden Hazard, Benzema, and Asensio. Very dangerous team. Yeah. Real Madrid. We'll see. It's going to come down. It's going to come down to a moment of brilliance. I think this game, this series, we'll call it the series of two games, it's going to be decided on set pieces. I think so. I think so. It'll be an interesting game. I think this first game is going to be a draw. I really do. Um, Inter. As Who do you think is the better tactician out of the two, Zidane and Conte? Oh, I think Zidane, Zidane is. I'm you sorry. think he's a better tactician? I think Zidane is a better tactician. He's proven it. He's proven it with four what champion, he's done. Four Champions Leagues. In a row. In a row. No, sorry, three. I three forgot the one the first one. Three in a row. So, I just think Zidane, Zidane is a better equipped as a coach. I I just, I think, I but the this this has me play out. This has I see playing out for a draw because at the same time, if I'm Inter, yes, I need to get a result in this game, but I have one eye on Atalanta on the weekend because you got Atalanta on the weekend, right? Yes, but Atalanta has a big game too, which we're gonna get into. Yes, yes, they do, but uh, I just. Do you think this is the end of Inter in the Champions League? No, I don't think so. I think I think a safe bet's gonna be a tie. I think they'll be happy with a tie. And then they can focus on their last three to take it home. I mean, uh, they uh, they got Real Madrid one more time, right? So they got everybody one more time after this. So get the tie, go to work. You know, you know, Real Madrid, you know, Madrid is coming to your fortress the next time. And then you got Shakhtar and Mucha Gladbach one more time too, right? So 
Yeah, it would be interesting. Biggest weakness and question mark right now on the Real Madrid side is the right back position. Ferland yeah. Mendy is not even a right back; he's a left back. Yeah, there are two natural right backs: Danny Carvajal, Odria Zola, and uh, Real Madrid found Lucas their Vasquez, form back in La Liga. They're, they're Real Madrid is Real Madrid. That's enough said on that. Yeah, the experience they got winners in the side. Yeah, they're 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 just champions. They're just and that's and that's been Inter's biggest problem. They don't have the champions and they don't know how to uh let's say put it into second gear they don't yeah. know how to do it third gear fourth gear whatever yeah. they just don't know how to get over that final hump they're right there they just don't have the characters in this team it seems to That's take it thing. to the next level yeah because for instance if you have to me if you have ramos in your side different entry team for sure it is sure different it is. entry team well we'll see what happens that takes place uh, calling a draw though yeah i'm calling a draw what are you calling Real Madrid win. I think this is the end of Inter and Champions League again, unfortunately. I'm done. Uh, I'm done being positive with this team. So if you're a betting person, Juliano tells you to take Real Madrid on the win. I'm telling you to take the draw. That goes tomorrow at 3 o'clock, Tuesday, November the 3rd, um, at the Estadio Alfredo Di Stefano. The next game, another big game. Uh, Liverpool are paying a visit to Atalanta for first in the group. Yeah, Atalanta getting a lot of respect from the Liverpool players yeah. in the interviews. Trent Alexander said they're an amazing team. Yeah. One of the best. Do you really think Liverpool takes this game seriously? Oh, of course. Of course. Why wouldn't they? I don't know. Liverpool don't know. right now is first in the Premier League, uh, even though they've had a lot of squad troubles with injuries, inconsistencies in the starting 11. They're still pulling together victories, which is they a sign are. of a great team. In this game, they're going to be missing Van Dijk, Chamberlain, Fabiano, Fabinho, Fabinho, Thiago, Nabiqueta is doubtful. Nathaniel Phillips is out, and uh, Joel Matip so is doubtful. So very uh, short in the mid in the defense. Yeah, Atalanta's missing Martin Darun and Gosens, so their midfield and left back. I'm just putting it out there right now. It's not looking good for Atalanta. No, it's not. It I really- also think this is the end of Atalanta. So both Nerazzurri teams, I think, are going to crash yeah. in this Champions League. <sighs> I mean. This Liverpool offense against that Atalanta defense, I, I mean, I just and and now Chris Romero too. Like we don't know, Palomino might be injured. Yeah, we don't know. This Atalanta team, you can see they're spent. The last couple of games are not the same. No, they're exhausted. They are exhausted. They play at a hundred miles per hour, and it's taking a toll on them. Yeah, honestly, I'm not really giving them much of a chance in no, this game. I'm not giving them a chance in this game either. I think Liverpool wins this game comfortably, and. Uh, because even though Liverpool doesn't have is missing a lot in the defense, you still have arguably one of the most solid goalkeepers in the world, and Allison there. Yeah, he's he's back, Allison right? Adrian. He's he's arguably one of the best in the world, and he can really cover a lot of blemishes for a game here and there. And I think he can do that for this Liverpool team against Atalanta. This is gonna be a this is gonna be a he's gonna have his work cut out for him because I think Atalanta's gonna get their chances. I just I just. Don't know how that Atalanta defense is going to hold up against Liverpool. Yeah, I don't know. Jurgen Klopp has a well-oiled machine here. He does. He does. He can lose a player, and he has. He's able to drop someone in. You have arguably the two best uh, attacking wing backs. in the world. Absolutely. Robertson and Alexander Arnold. Maybe don't shine all the time for the national teams, but this system that Jurgen Klopp plays, he has these guys. It works all the time playing up at the front. I'm going to take Liverpool in this game. Yeah, I think so. I just think between Mane, Salah, yeah. Jota, 
Lakers Ooh. playing phenomenal. There's Good just luck. too much, too much in uh, this team. Yeah, hopefully Atalanta can prove us wrong, but you know, I, yeah, I just I think it I might be the end of them. Yeah, I just don't see it. So that's if you're a betting person, take Liverpool in this Atalanta Liverpool game. That also takes place at three o'clock on tomorrow, Tuesday, November the third. Yeah, enter enter Atalanta. You guys dropped the ball hard by not winning your yeah. your first two games, and then they play Champions each League. other on the weekend. And then they play each other, which so. we'll talk about next podcast. In the losers' derby, hopefully it's not called <laughs> God. Seriously, so let's move on to Wednesday's games uh, for our Italian teams. So Lazio are making a visit to Saint Petersburg. They play Zenit. One of the teams from City are actually doing a great job. In yeah, Champions they're doing a great the job. One, the one we didn't think would do good. Yeah. Is they're doing, doing well a, in doing Champions League. They're doing a good League. job here. Yeah, so... Currently first in, their, in the first, table. First, you know, really getting, really grinding out a result against uh, Club Bruges. Here's, That's what it takes. Yeah, I know. I, 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 now now they play the you. worst team in the group back-to-back. Yeah, back. Which is good. What more could you ask for? That's perfect get, for this so, Get your six points here in the next two games and take full control of this group. So, I mean... The Zenit team doesn't look good. They don't. They're they're really struggling in this Champions League group. I don't think they're going to turn around against this Lazio team, especially with this Lazio team getting players back. Very simple. Lazio wins this game. Yeah, I think Chiro continues with his goal scoring streak. Yeah, he gets a couple of penalties, scores a couple of goals. That's what he does. <laughs> Fraud. <laughs> Luis Alberto's out. Stefan Radu's out. Lucas Leva and Lazari are uh, doubtful. But yeah, you got most of the team coming back. Lazio is showing a lot of grinta right now the past few weeks. As much as we want to say the refs helped them in Torino, you know what? At the end of the day, Lazio still had to get it done. They yeah. didn't give up to the end. If you don't give up, you always give yourself yeah. a chance. You got to give them that at least. They really impressed me in that Bruges game where they had nobody. They did. that. That's a, that's a season-defining moment right there, yeah. that Bruges game. They grinded that game out. And that's what I said. Yeah, You win... You come out of these games, you magically somehow have more energy in your legs. You don't feel tired oh, sure. when things Especially are Especially after away. that win on the weekend. They're going to definitely have more energy for the <laughs> Zenit game. So Lazio Jesus. has a lot of momentum going for them. They have this back-to-back series with Zenit. Couldn't ask for a better... Uh, yeah, it worked out really well in their favor. Yeah, so worked out really well. So hopefully, good well. luck to Lazio. Now let's move on to this game. juventus Ferenc Varos. Juventus going to paint a trip to Ferenc Varos. I don't know if there's much to be said here. Ronaldo's back, so... He'll probably be the leading goal scorer in Champions League after this game. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Pirlo will be the greatest coach. Yeah. And uh, yeah. we'll be back to the normal days of uh, Juve. Juve, yeah. Juve will be great again. And Yeah, uh, just Ronaldo's back. back. We just know now. Here we go. Here, Juve's going to start firing, so... They are, no doubt. Ronaldo makes such a big difference. He does. It's and that's why funny. he that's why he is the player that he is, right? That's why he's so, one of the greatest all time. That's right. So I I don't even see a chance. No, Fenerbahce doesn't have a chance. Neguen is their best player so far. It'll be interesting. Yeah. Maybe Pirlo does something yeah. different in this game. I'll tell you though. I want to see him continue with Artur. With, if if Ronaldo continues this form, I am actually going to be really looking forward to that Juve Barca game. That Lex Juve Barca game in Camp Nou. Different result. It's gonna this be. Time a, it's gonna be a different game. Different game for sure. Like I said, those three offside goals. Yeah. The difference. Ronaldo wouldn't be offside like Marata three times in a row. <laughs> no. There's no way. No way. Not a chance. That's the difference in quality. A Not player a like Ronaldo brings. Not a chance. So. Juve. Yeah. Juve yeah. guaranteed win here. Yeah. If they don't, then It'd be a uh, shock. Juve sign up Bet Bikini. <laughs> it doesn't matter who's behind that bench. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. <laughs> seriously. So. uh 
Seriously. It should, Juve should win, though, all jokes yeah. aside. Juve should win that game. Any other big matches before uh, yeah. we move um, on to CPL want to get your thoughts on... Uh, we'll get to Europa League, too. Yeah, sorry, Europa League. Uh, but before we do that, there's a big, another big game. RB Leipzig and Paris Saint-Germain. Yeah. Facing off each other. RB got spanked by Man U 5-0, yep. and then typical Man U fashion, they go lose to Arsenal. Arsenal wins their first game, I think, in 15 years at Old Trafford. Yep. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer again yeah. being questioned by every pundit in England. Yeah. Very weird team. If you're Manchester United, the league, Champions League means a lot, but you need a better showing in the league and the table there. And I think that's where I, I think I think the only thing that's keeping him on on the Manchester United bench is the fact that they're doing quite well in the Champions League so far. So, but RB Leipzig and Paris Saint Germain, this is going to be a very interesting game. Paris, you know, the RB Leipzig felt they got the whole approach of the Manchester United game wrong. Mm-hmm. This is an opportunity for them to redeem themselves. Yeah, and, and this is a back-to-back, once again, series. Man yeah. U, we pretty much consider it through because they beat both teams. Yeah. If they beat Istanbul, they just need... Yeah, usually, gonna, usually 12 points gets you through. Yeah, and I think this... this is Whoever wins this two-legged tie, we'll call it, between but second and Petty, place in the group goes yeah. through. This is basically a knockout tie now. Pretty much. Between Leipzig and... So it, it'll be it'll be good. It's interesting to see if Leipzig learn from their mistakes against Manchester United because this is a tough group Paris Saint-Germain is no walkover they're finding their form now they're really doing well uh, that Moise Keane and Kylian Mbappe pairing up top is working really well for Paris Saint-Germain yeah nice to see an Italian player popping in goals yeah definitely so I don't know this game's going to be I think this game's going to be tight it goes at Red Bull Stadium in Leipzig so we'll see what happens there do you have uh, do you have any prediction for this game no, I'm not invested in this game. No. To be think. honest, the biggest games are the Inter-Atalanta game. Inter's and Atalanta game. Inter's game and Atalanta game. They're the biggest yeah. uh, games, yeah. I think, out of the Champions League yeah. fixtures this next two days. Oh. And that RB Leipzig game is exciting. But. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. But just, to, you know, if, if, if there's another game that you want to glance over at Champions League, RB Leipzig and uh, Paris Saint-Germain should be an interesting game. Yeah. So it's got the that. Hollywood headlines. Yeah. That one. Look out for that one. Let's move on to uh, Europa League. Uh, so Napoli pay a visit. Uh, Napoli pay a visit to uh, Rijeka um, in Croatia. So it should be an interesting game. Napoli, if you're Napoli, you know, dropping that game against Alkmaar, dropping that game to Sassuolo. General Gattuso is really going to be really looking to turn it around, build some momentum for this Napoli squad. So I'd see Napoli. With a comfortable win over Rayaka, they're going to take it seriously. They're going to do their business. They're going to do what they need to do and, and win this game. Um, move on real quickly to Roma. Roma are at home against CFR Cluj. They played a snooze fest last Thursday against Sofia. Um, but uh, as Julian and I have said, uh, in the Europa League, you just got to get it up, make it out of the group. Then you go to work into the round of 32. Um, so these clubs are doing enough. Roma... I don't expect much from them in this game. They're probably going to rotate their squad. Look, looking at next week's game. Yeah, just don't lose. That's just it. don't lose. You so, got a three point or yeah, three point advantage over the third and fourth place team. Yeah, exactly. So Rome, maybe Roma grind out a win. They should grind out a win, but you never know. Yeah, same with the AC Milan. Lille AC game. Milan Lille game. AC Lille. Milan's firing on all cylinders. Haven't lost yeah, in the Europa Lille League. Lille second. Same thing. Don't lose. Don't lose. Make it through. Pretty straightforward for these yeah. guys. That, that's basically our quick rundown of the uh, Europa League. Um, anything you want to talk about? No, I think uh, we'll 
bring up the CPL. Yeah. Big game. So, so big game for Forge. Uh, big game for CPL fans. Uh, takes place tomorrow night, Tuesday, November the 3rd. It is on TSN3. I believe the game is at 7 or 8 p.m. Uh, where the Forge are playing Tauro FC. They are playing, paying the visit to Panama. Very important game for Forge FC. This is the round of 16 game. Um, CONCACAF came out, announced they've now restructured the uh, 2020 edition of the CONCACAF League. So every game now, so the round of 16 quarterfinals, semifinals, and final, they're all single game knockouts. Um, For the six... There's six places for the CONCACAF Champions League up for grabs in this tournament, and it's usually awarded to the four semifinalists and then the two best uh, quarterfinalists that lost in the quarterfinal ties. But because of the single game uh, knockout format that's happening for this one time, this one edition of the CONCACAF League, they are doing the four semifinalists and then the Four losers in the quarterfinals are going to play a head-to-head uh, single-game tie for the last two spots in the CONCACAF Champions League. This is a huge opportunity for Forge FC to really get into the Champions League uh, for CONCACAF and basically beat Tauro FC and you can start thinking about the Champions League. And it's a great, it'd be great for Canadian soccer and the big reason why is if Forge FC qualifies through the CONCACAF League as a Canadian representative, then that would default Toronto FC being in the finals, um, taking that Canadian championship spot. So we would have Toronto FC and Forge FC in the CONCACAF Champions League next year. Two Canadian teams. How great would that be for Canadian soccer? It'd be huge. Yeah, it would be great. It'd be huge. And that goes to show you, Forge FC can beat Tauro on Tuesday. It's going to be an exciting game. Because the, the one game they played against Limeña in El Salvador, it was actually a very good game. Forge really grinded it out, played a very physical game, but and grinded it out with 10 men and ended up getting through. We'll see now what they can do against Tauro FC. This is a real test for them, Tauro FC. As I said in previous podcasts, usually a mainstay in the early rounds of the CONCACAF Champions League. So they have that Champions League factor in the CONCACAF region. Let's see what Forge FC can do. Be a huge, 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 huge badge to have. Huge opportunity for the Canadian Premier League to have. Second year of operation, a team in the Champions League. How awesome would that be? That'd be great. Um, that being said, I want to give a quick shout out to Toronto FC. Toronto FC, big win last night against Inter Miami, 2-1 to one victors over some ex-Juventus garbage and Blaise Matuidi and Gonzalo Higuain. Uh, great to see that. Nothing more I love to see than some ex-Juve garbage get embarrassed by Toronto FC. <laughs> so... Iguain looked uh, off the pace. Uh, he, uh, I don't think he knows how to play soccer anymore. So, uh, cool though. He's playing with his brother. Yeah, and that team. Yeah, pretty neat story there. It's a, it's a yeah, if you want to call it that. Um, but uh, it was great to see Toronto FC win. So Toronto FC three points behind Philadelphia Union with one game left to play. Still a possible contender for the supporter shield. They have to win out, and they have to hope the Union lose their last game as well. Um, but looking forward to the playoffs with them. It's been a great season for Toronto FC amid all the controversy. All the, the, the We've seen some great talents come up. So special shout-out to Toronto FC for that. And, uh, you know, wishing them all the best. Wishing Forge FC all the best. Um, 
really, really, really excited about that game tomorrow night against Tauro. Other than that, I think we covered everything. I think we covered everything. Probably some strong opinions today, but it's always a good thing. We need those. That's what makes uh, Calcio so great. Yes. Yes. So enjoy the games, midweek games. We'll be back on Thursday talking to, to go through the uh, City A games and uh, might have a couple of interesting topics uh, to uh, to discuss. With Champions League, yeah. With Champions League. International break coming International up break too. coming up, so pot some potential call-ups who might make the Italy squad who won't. Only Mancini knows. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Until then, ciao ragazzi. Ciao ragazzi. Italian melodies, but solo in me, you're